With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, now that you've had the weekend and, and you've been able to look at, at film, what, what went, went wrong and what, what went right in Southern California? Well, a lot of things actually, uh, contrary to what might be perceived, I thought went pretty well. We had a hell of a game against UCLA. I think they're one of the better teams in our conference, and we went toe-to-toe. You know, just it comes down to making a play when it presented itself. We had a swing of a three-point shot we missed, three-point play at the other end. A couple of those things. uh, That one's a different ball game. And then if you don't let USC outscore you by 35 points, uh, combination of the first seven minutes of the game and the last eight minutes of the game, uh, there's a lot of good in between that that ball game. So um, we need to be a lot better offensively, for sure. I was really pleased with our defense. We held uh, both teams. We did a really good job on on the elite players on their team. And I thought that, you know, the Mobley's between them to have five points. And, uh, you know, UCLA had a really balanced attack, but our defense was good in both in both games. And we gave our gave ourselves a chance. So. Larry, when you're preparing for an opponent, I know you like to say that you need to remove the head from the snake. Um, is it fair to say that Ethan Anderson is the snake right now for this Oregon State team? Uh, Ethan Thompson, yes. Uh-huh. Ethan Thompson, yes. Yep, no, you got it. The Ethan Anderson was, I think he played for USC, so you're probably one game thinking about that. But, uh, yeah, he's a guy that's been around. He and Josh Reichel, you know, they've been, there's a lot of Pac-12 possessions between those two uh you know i i have a lot of respect for both those players i mean they got they got a nice roster uh but definitely and i think that's to our credit and our assistant coaches doing a really good job with the scouting report we've done if you look back on a lot of our games we've done a really good job with the elite players the, the top players on the scouting report where we've gotten hurt as is some of the supporting staff is stepping up so we're get, getting the concept for the stopper mentality and and taking away that head of the snake uh but we got to be much better throughout a roster i think to to have a little more success in the win column just to follow that up with the support you know with the complimentary pieces who on this oregon state team stands out to you you know within their rotation you know guys that might um guys that might be playing well to you you're saying uh, uh, would you repeat that josh i missed a little bit of that you mentioned you know the rotation guys on the opponent, the complimentary pieces, who, who on this Oregon state team outside of Ethan and Reichel, do you feel are playing well right now? Well, um, it's escaping me that the young man that hit the three in the ball tournament against us, but he's a sniper. Uh, let me grab my report. Uh, Lucas. Thank you. Jared Lucas, yes. Um, you know, and they've got some athletes. I, I watched a couple of their games on the, I think it was the Pac-12 Network earlier in the season, and they got guys blocking shots and 
affecting the game in multiple ways. It's not all about scoring points. So, you know, you get you get to the level in the Pac-12, and I, I think we've learned the lesson when we, we play BYU and we have a couple guys have career highs against us that really uh, shouldn't have. And, uh, you know, you go through the USC scouting report, you take away a couple of the top guys, but you let four other guys hurt us. I think the lesson we've learned is that there's a lot of capable players that are on scholarship in the Pac-12. And uh, all those guys, it's important that we know personnel. We talk about KYP, know your personnel and know what it is that guys want to do and uh, and try to take away their strengths as best as we can. So, Hey, Larry, after you know the, t- the tough road losses that you guys had this past week, where is this mm-hmm. team mentally and, and, and how you do you like how they're responding? Uh, I know it's early since those games, but how, do you like how they're responding to those losses? Well, I mean, you know, the, the mental side of a team, I, I, uh, it's really hard when you're in the middle of a season and when you've got about 10 weeks until the Pac-12 tournament uh, to be spending a whole lot of time on uh, the mental state of our team. There is not a soul on the planet that's going to feel sorry for us when you're losing games. Um, you, you know, it's all about results and and being effective. And so we got to, we got to control a lot of basketball things. I thought we started off practice today really well and cleaned some things up. And then we had a section in the middle where we, we had uh, took some steps back and then we, we probably just opened it up and scrimmaged for close to an hour at the end of practice. And then things started coming. So take some reps, you know, um, you got to get some reps under your belt. We were in LA for five days and we really didn't have, we had very limited practice. And so you've got a lot of guys, uh, support staff, bomb squad guys that don't play a whole lot of minutes that need to get out there and, and try to sharpen some things up and gain, gain a level of being more comfortable and confident. So I, you know, we've looked at a whole bunch of data and numbers and I'm still confident that we have what it takes and you can't get, uh, too mentally caught up in it when you come off a couple of, you know, USC and UCLA, that's a, it's a heck of a pair of teams with an awful lot of size and rebounding and so forth. And, and uh, there was a lot of good basketball in there. So even though you don't get the win, I think there is some positive and I feel like the guys have a pretty good spirit about them. We're not, you know, we're not, uh, I'm big in our grave, certainly. Larry, I wanted to ask you about Riley Batten. He, Looks like he started about two thirds of the games last year. You got him coming off the bench this year. What led to that decision, and how do you think he's handled that adjustment? No, I think it's been good. You know, Riley wants to do it's what we think is best for our team to bring, uh, you know, bring a, a shooter off the bench. Uh, I'm really leaning toward, uh, you know, setting the tone with our team defensively in a starting lineup and Mickey's one of our better, um, big defenders. He's one of the best defenders that, that, that not only on our team, but in the league, he's really, he really locks into a defensive game plan and can guard a variety of positions. And that's, you know, going into the thinking there was a little bit of what I was thinking, but there's, there's no doubt in my mind that Riley's all about our team and he's going to do, you know, what Riley needs to worry about. And I know he knows this because we've talked about it today is this, it's, it's doesn't matter what if you're in the game at the beginning, middle end or whatever, you take full advantage of every minute you get. And we've all got to be a lot more productive 
uh, than we were this weekend. The challenge is on for everybody. And uh, I certainly hope nobody's caught up in starting and not starting because that's, you know, maybe that was back in junior jazz league or something where it was a little bit more important, but it's, it's a lot bigger than, than that at this level in my mind. Hey coach, I mean, specifically on offense, what are you looking for exactly, you know, to maybe maybe break out of this funk, you know, four six points against USC. Is it, you know, Ryland maybe taking more control or is there anything you're specifically looking for? Well, yeah, I, I watched the game in the airport, uh, in LA when we had about three hours sitting there and, you know, I think the mistake you can make is, okay, we have 46 points. We have to revamp our offense. Uh, we just charted them today. We had 15 wide open shots. We missed two layups in a one possession game. You know, it's a two point game and we miss a layup and they hit a three and we miss another layup and they hit a two. So it, it doesn't take a math genius to understand that that's not about offense. That's about finishing a play and 13 wide open shots in that game that we don't, we don't make any of them. So uh, I think there's, if, if I've ever been in a game with an 18 point deficit, that was never even close to being that uh, lopsided of a win. It was Saturday night for me or Saturday afternoon. You know, the, the reality is I think we outscored them. Uh, you know, and you can do this with any game, but when you're down 16 in the first seven minutes and you're down 19 in the last seven minutes, that's a 35 point deficit, but yet we only lost by 18. So the middle 25 minutes of that game, we outscored them by 17 points. And there's a lot of positive and we need to screen better. We need to jump up and make shots when we're open. Uh, we need to do a better job uh, with the balls in our hand of making some decisions when teams are down. And those were all things that we jumped in into today. There's not one person that we can't sit down with on our team and expect them to do more. But right now, the last thing in the world we're going to do is, is think we need to fix some, you know, great big world problem when there's a lot of uh, the devil is in the details of just doing some of the smaller things a lot better. I'm convinced of that with this team We're, you know, we got a lot of offensive numbers, uh, let me share a little bit here with you. Uh, we, in all of the statistics, 67th best offense in the country. So 67th best offensive efficiency in the country. That, I mean, that really puts you in the dance if you're doing 68. But yet we're 230th in effective field goal percentage. So... Uh, we can be an elite offensive team if we make open shots. And, and all the data tells us that efficiently and effectively, we are doing things right. We're not turning the ball over. Um, we outshot both of those teams on the road the other night, and we're not an elite offensive rebounding team. But we can be efficient and effective if we take care of the ball uh, and do, you know, the one thing I know our guys can do, I've seen them do it, is make shots. There's some things in this game you can't fix. And I'm convinced that we're doing a lot of things properly and I will continue to do that and earn some open looks. And then we got to knock them down. So, you know, as, as skewed as the data is, uh, we're eighth in the country at turnover percentage. We're 48th in assists, 10th uh, at keeping teams off the free throw line, 53rd at defending the three point line. So there's a, there's a lot of things that are positive that are happening and we're going to keep working. 
quick follow-up to that. I mean, obviously you have the stats there for you. Is that something you reiterate to the boys, like letting them know you're doing the right thing, you just got to make the shots now? Is that something like you make sure they know so they're not in the mindset of maybe things have to change? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we talk a lot. We got a lot of time on our hands. Uh, airports, airplanes, office, you know, there's no classes right now. So there aren't any secrets and we watch a lot of film and, uh, you know, you, at the end of the day, once again, you, you, the, at the, when it's broken down in the simplest form, you do whatever you can to get yourself an open shot. And when you get them, we got to make far more than fifth, zero for 15. So, um, we are stressing the positive and we're also, you know, we're, because we've been pretty good defensively, you can't have a week in practice where you come in and you fix all your offense. And then on Wednesday night, you forget to play defense again. So it's still, we got to continue hanging our hat on the things we're doing well. We need to fix the things that need improvement and we need to stay positive and, and uh, know that this thing can change, change on a dime. Larry, just with the data and um, you know, the analytics, um, Big picture, how, how important has it been for you and your staff to kind of buy into those things as the game has evolved and, and try to glean something from those numbers, generally speaking? Well, I, I, love, I love numbers. Uh, I've always been a math freak, and Dave Dunleavy does an unbelievable job for our team. Uh, impact, productivity, defensive rating, we've got all kinds of information. And uh, – so I lean on those numbers, you know, where things get a little bit complicated, confusing at times, and we don't have a big sample size in front of us is a lot of the uh, combination, roster combinations. It's like the plus minus, you know, if you're, if you happen to be on the court at the wrong time, when some fluky things happen, that gets to affecting your plus minus. And so I think some of those numbers in my mind can get a little bit out of whack and that's where you need to get into trusting your eye a little bit more on who's making plays, who's not making plays. And so uh, that's, you know, Dave gives me a lot of that. That's what kind of gets put on the back burner for me right now is to, is to trust more of a feel and an eye and look at some individual stats. Maybe if we had 20 games under our belt or 15 games under our belt, then you'd want to look more at combinations of these five guys on the floor. Um but I, I like it. I think, you know, some things are, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that you never would have guessed this, but uh, of 300 and however many teams in the country were 22nd uh, in the country at causing turnovers. You know, I think our defense has picked up and we're far more aggressive and we've never been anywhere near that number to be in the top 20 at turning teams over and uh, nor have we been in the top 20 at not turning the ball over. So there, you know, there's a lot of things, those things are important and they have to be a staple and a non-negotiable, you know, some of the other numbers get a little bit out there, but uh, I think, I think science is a big part of it right now. Uh, and I think it's somewhere in between. I, I don't think you rely completely on numbers and I don't think you go with the, with the old school gut feel. I think it's somewhere in between and that's kind of the happy medium we're trying to find. I had a follow-up off topic. I don't know if you've had time today to, to, um, to consider this, but, you know, the NCAA came out today and said that they're going to put the entire NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. Uh, I'm just curious if you believe that that is, you know, a feasible solution trying to put everybody into one city into, you know, six or seven different arenas. 
Well, I, Josh, I think that's out of my pay grade, man. I know I've been on an, I've, I've been on a number of uh, committees, COVID yeah. committees, referee committees, and you sit in these meetings, and it's a little bit like armchair quarterbacks that can sit back and second guess what other people are doing. Uh, but there's an awful lot of time and effort spent in it, and I know how important the NCAA tournament is for a lot of reasons. And so I'm not going to second guess whatever plan they want to come up with. If it means being in one really big city and, you know, giving everybody a chance to be in one spot, maybe there's some backup plans. If teams test positive at the last minute, I think there would be some benefit of all that stuff. But I trust that those, those powers that be that are sitting in those rooms have got a lot more information than you and I would have. And I'm not worried about that. I just hope to God we get to be there and be one of those teams. And then I'll, I'll tell you after the fact, how I think that they did on having everybody in Indianapolis. Thanks Larry. Yep. Hey coach doing the game on Wednesday with, uh, with Alan. So it'll be good to, good to see you there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, no, it's, it's good to kind of meet you. I, uh, I spoke to you on the phone 10, 12 years ago before you got to Utah about a recruit when I was at a small college. Oh, small world. Yeah. Real small. But, um, Hey, curious when you watch Oregon state, they, they run that zone. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and there's principles for the 2-3 zone. There's principles towards the amoeba zone. And I'm trying to figure out how you, how would you define that zone that they run that you're going to have to attack? Yeah, I think, you know, Wayne, Wayne and I worked together for a lot of years. We played together. Uh, it, it's got some of the Montana concepts, the matchups. Uh, I think there's times that they bump it. Uh, they'll bump the zone down. Uh, it looks a little bit more two, three ish. And there's other times that it starts kind of in a three, two. So I think what, and they've done a good job of changing things up, but I think at the end of the day, what they do is take a good look at what teams run zone offense wise. And then that's probably the look that you're going to see for, for how they go about handling it. Some of that's based on the, the volume and quality of shooters that are on the perimeter, whether they stay a little, uh, a, a little, more of a three-two zone on the perimeter rather than getting down on the baseline. So, do you feel like you have a feel for how they're going to attack you and how you're going to be able to attack it? Well, I mean, that's you know, that's one thing uh, that they do a good job of changing defenses. They're not just a zone team. They probably play more zone than anybody we've played so far. But I, you know, I can't give you all our trade secrets. But yeah, yeah we've got we. No, we have a pretty pretty good idea. Uh, I think we have a nice family of plays for some zone offense and some some quick hitting special type things. But uh, yeah, I, I I feel pretty comfortable with it. Um, at the end of the day, whether we're being man zoned one three one, they'll play some one three one. It really just comes down to making some really good solid decisions when you're the one with the ball in your hands and. If you're one of the four guys without the ball in your hands, you know, don't stand around and watch. You just be open and, and continue to move and think our guys are really buying into the extra pass and playing the ball, playing uh, basketball together. And, and regardless of defense, that's got to kind of be the general overall theme that's in our brains. Cool. Thank you. You bet. Coach, knowing Wayne the way, the, the way that you have back all, all the way to your playing days and things like that, has it been easier? to be able to plan for his, his teams, especially now that you guys are, are in the uh, same conference, knowing his, his style of play and, and things like that? Well, I mean, a lot of the plays that he runs now, uh, you know, we ran as players. 
So, you know, we see them and, uh, there, there's a reason that those plays are run. They work when they're executed. And so I think just from a visual, what would the word be kind of a being comfortable uh, visually when I'm watching a game, I mean, I see them run a set and I just go, Oh, that's 43 or that's 46 or that, that stuff that's all in my brain that I'm not trying to put a name on, you know, because we've run it enough. So you still have to defend some really good players, you know, and that's part of the scouting report is maybe, you know, a little bit more of the action that they're going to run, but at, at the end of the day, it boils down to guarding some really good players. And, uh, you know, that's a big part of this, this plan, knowing some tendencies for their, their, their top players and, and being dialed in that way. But it's, it's a heck of a lot easier. And I'm sure Wayne feels the same way when they scout us, you know, there's just some familiarity with how we do things and what we call. And it's, it's not tricky. It's like I'm watching our team sometimes when I watch them and Wayne probably feels like he's watching uh, his team when he's watching us, uh, but it still comes down to the players making some plays. And then do a follow-up on that. Uh, I know that Ian played, you know, the most minutes so far this year and obviously had had his best game as a U. Do you, do you envision him getting more minutes as you guys are going along in this season? Well, uh, you know, kind of depends on practice. And, and uh, consistency is a big part of this game for young players. It's not about, you know, uh, dazzling anybody over a 40 minute period, but it's about coming in the following week and really grinding and continuing to get better. And so we have today's practice, tomorrow's practice, uh, Wednesday, late game. Uh, I may very well switch up the lineup. We're going to start, you know, we're going to start rewarding some guys that play well in practice and, uh, you know, not to sound callous or like, I don't care, but it really isn't about the, what game you just played. It's about the next live action you're going to have and how ready you are for, uh, for that. So I'm glad I'm happy for Ian. I'm glad we're, you know, he, uh, he got it going a little bit and we're going to need him. We're going to need a lot of guys. Um, but it's the same opportunity that's being dangled in front of everybody. Got everybody wants to play right now. Well, we've got a lot of numbers that can show your predict productivity, your efficiency, decision-making and, and I, I don't play any favorites I'm just looking to get five guys out there that can check a lot of the boxes and then we're going to go down and compete. And uh, so that's kind of where I am with, with playing time. 